Good morning, it's Wednesday, April 28th, and this is the Herald Review's podcast, The Daily Chirp. We're excited to bring you a closer look at one of our top stories, events in the community, local history, sports, and more. Today, most smugglers being hired by the Mexican cartel to transport undocumented migrants through Cochise County are non-residents, and they're being recruited via social media. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today, or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Before we begin, some local history. Historic Arizona 80 and its importance to Cochise County's tourism was the featured presentation on Friday at the Southeast Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce meeting. John Donahue, tourism coordinator for the city of Tombstone, along with Bob Nilsson, Benson Visitor Center tourism supervisor, have launched the Arizona 80 Foundation. It's a nonprofit dedicated to promoting the highways route through Cochise County and the four towns it connects. From exit 303 off Interstate 10 into Benson, travelers can follow Arizona 80 south to Tombstone, Bisbee, and Douglas for a 72-mile tour of four historic towns. The original Highway 80 came through here in 1926, starting in Benson and heading south to Douglas, then back up to Rodeo, New Mexico. And Highway 80 is still alive. Everywhere you go, every mile along the highway, there's a story to be told. And tourists like to come and hear those stories. It's like taking a step back in history. For more information about the Arizona 80 Foundation, visit the website at www.arizona80.org. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. Benson Hospital's comprehensive rehabilitation team strives to get you back on your feet and improve your lifestyle, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy. For more information, visit bensonhospital.org or call 520-586-2262. Also, the Daily Chirp podcast is giving away five Amazon Echo Dots, one every month, now through July. You can enter for your chance to win twice a day. Today's code is CHICK, and find the other code word in our Daily Chirp Podcast Alert e-newsletter. To enter the sweepstakes, go to myheraldreview.com. Again, today's code word is CHICK. Now our feature story. Most human smugglers being hired by the Mexican cartel to transport undocumented migrants through Cochise County are non-residents, and they're recruited via social media. How? According to the sheriff's office, the cartels are promising big bucks. Many of these individuals, so-called coyotes, are young people from the Phoenix or Tucson areas. Sheriff Mark Daniels told us that they're being paid hefty amounts to drive close to the border, pick up their human cargo, and get out of Cochise County as fast as possible. Well, I always look at where we were and where we're at today. Where we were a year ago, we had just off our virtual system, which uh, encompasses primarily Cochise County, but also into... Uh, Santa Cruz, Pima, and Yuma, and into New Mexico, we had three to four hundred uh, illegal entries off our camera a year ago. We're just under 3,400 last month alone. First of all, whenever you have the cartel uh, that's on the backside of all this smuggling, we forget that. They're a criminal organization that controls themselves through fear, violence, and greed. And now that at least three Border Patrol checkpoints that lead out of the county and toward large cities are shut down, getting out of Cochise County has never been easier. 
Agents that would normally be at those checkpoints have instead been shifted to the border to deal with the influx of undocumented persons. Daniel said that it's very seldom they see people from here trying to transport migrants, but they regularly see people from Phoenix doing it. Last Friday, he arrested a 21-year-old Mesa man on State Route 92 who was driving 14 miles over the speed limit. When Daniel stopped the motorist, identified as Juan Angel Gaeta, he discovered four undocumented migrants as well. Gaeta had been paid $1,000 per migrant, so he made $4,000 in that trip. Two weeks before that encounter, Daniels and a deputy nabbed a Phoenix man who was spotted loading four undocumented migrants into his Dodge truck on State Route 92. When he was pulled over, the passengers bolted from the truck and ran behind a house. Those undocumented people were caught that afternoon. But as mentioned, Cochise County residents for the most part are not being recruited by the Mexican cartel to transport undocumented migrants. Daniel said that it's because this is a smaller, more rural area compared to Tucson and Phoenix. It's also a close-knit area, and people here are not tolerating what's going on. And in a way, this is helpful. Daniels noted that the one positive factor about the non-resident coyotes is their unfamiliarity with the area. Some of them end up getting lost, or they don't know what the speed limit is, and you end up catching them on traffic stops. But unfortunately, the negatives outweigh the positives overall. Coyotes who do get away unnoticed with their human charges can easily get onto I-10 and head west, now that the Border Patrol checkpoints that lead to the freeway have been closed for months. Many of those undocumented individuals who make it to Phoenix or Tucson are usually indebted financially to the cartel. They become what Daniels calls modern-day slaves. Apparently, the cartel sells them a bill of goods. They tell them they'll live the American dream, but in reality, they end up as modern-day slaves until they pay off their debt. To stay up to date on this story or read more, visit us at MyHeraldReview.com. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Are you worried about falling? At Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, we offer programs to reduce your fall risk and help you maintain independence. For a limited time, we are offering free fall risk assessments. Visit FallRiskAssessment.com to take one for free or go to PrestigeCare.com and search Sierra Vista to learn more. Now we'd like to highlight the Diamond Mountain Retreat Center, a nonprofit religious organization that teaches people how to retreat from the stressful demands of everyday life. Brought to you by Apex Network Physical Therapy. Voted Best of Cochise County 2020, Apex Network provides exceptional care to the Sierra Vista and Benson communities. Choose Apex Network for all of your physical therapy needs. To learn more, go to apexnetworkpt.com. Diamond Mountain Retreat Center, located off the grid just south of Bowie, is a nonprofit religious organization that aims to teach individuals how to retreat from the sometimes stressful demands of everyday life. The retreat center also teaches meditation in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition and offers yoga and expansive hiking trails. Hanley Van Wyck, director of the center, said that their aim is to really encourage people to learn how to do a retreat as part of the Buddhist tradition. Van Wyck, who came to America from her native South Africa and then resided in the Bowie area after participating in a Diamond Mountain retreat, also spoke to their diverse clientele. They work with people from all walks of life. They even have YouTube videos where people can learn about the basics like how to meditate or how to sit at an altar. 
All meditations are translated into English and taught by Tibetan monks. So how does it work? Well, right now with COVID, people pay per night. The core teachings are always free, though. My name is Lopsak Kari, or Venkat to most. I've been a nun for eight years and have supported Dharma centers for 18 years while raising two sons as a single mom. I participated in a great three-year meditation retreat and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed doing one-month meditation retreats every year for seven years before that. Now, nearing my mid-60s, I've been coming to radical conclusions that the bulk of the world's problems might only be solved if everyone went home and stayed there for some weeks and months at a time, meditating. Now, granted, it might start to feel very boring and unbearable to go over the same meditation four times a day for weeks on end, but this is how we make deep and profound changes to our minds and to our world. To learn more, visit our full story about the Diamond Mountain Retreat Center on MyHeraldReview.com. Next, the search is on, for the third time, for someone to take the reins at Southeastern Arizona Communications, the Emergency Dispatch Communications Center, brought to you by our sponsors, Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative. You are probably spending a lot more quality time at home these days, keeping you and your family safe. And that can present some opportunities that you usually don't experience, like maybe laughing together at a funny movie or screaming together at a scary movie, pitching in to make a special dinner, or maybe you're keeping in touch with friends and relatives and other places on your devices. And it just so happens that many of the activities we're sharing with each other are made possible by electricity. At Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, we know that you are depending on us both for fun and serious needs. And we want you to know that we're here for you day and night, sunshine or storm, easygoing times or trying times like now, making sure you're getting the power that you need every day to meet your needs. For over 85 years, through all kinds of tough times, we've been there for our members. And even though you may not see us, we're here for you now. Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, owned by those we serve. The search is on for someone to take the reins at Southeastern Arizona Communications. Interim Director Chris Heiser said that the facility's new director, its third, could be named just in time for CECOM's third anniversary in July. So far, nine people have expressed an interest in the job since it was posted about two months ago. Some are local, some aren't. So what does it entail? CECOM provides county and municipal emergency services. The center opened back in July of 2018. A year before that, Cochise County Supervisors and the Sierra Vista City Council approved an intergovernmental agreement outlining the governance and command structure for the Independent Central Dispatch Center. One of the conversations I have with the city managers, specifically with the deals with CECOM, uh, CECOM needs in the future to be its own separate little governing body with its own issues and own own personnel and own uh, ability to manufacture and live on its own with the with, of course, the, uh, the advisory board made up of the, of the members, okay? But it's going to take probably 10 years to get to that point. So uh, uh, we still need to help with recruitment and a few other things. Uh, I know we're, we're providing the overwatch now while they're trying to hire the next director. So that's going to happen for a while, but right now the critical things are uh, make sure it's funded and we get the recruiter or that we get to uh, recruit. 
a board that includes Sierra Vista City Manager Chuck Potacek and Cochise County Sheriff Mark Danels is responsible for hiring the director. The agency's budget is about $2.5 million. And while someone with a background in public safety is preferred, it's not actually required. What is required is a bachelor's degree and five years of management experience. It pays from $77,096 a year to $115,644 a year. But apparently, the hefty salary has not been enough of an incentive to keep anyone at the helm for more than a year. Two directors have come and gone in just over two years. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to remember the life of Elizabeth Ann Worley of Pierce, who passed away in Tucson on April 21st at the age of 70. She was born in Cottonwood, Minnesota to John F. Schultz and Irene Helen Schultz. Liz was a retired bookkeeper and loved her animals that included her horses, donkeys, and dogs. She was a faithful wife and supported her husband, traveling with him for his work. In November of 1981 in Leadville, Colorado, she married her husband Larry, who survives her. She is also survived by her daughters, her seven grandchildren, her seven great-grandchildren, as well as her sisters. Memorial services will be at 11 a.m. on Saturday, May 1st, 2021, at West Lawn Chapel. Thank you for taking a moment with us today to remember and celebrate Liz's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. Join us again on Thursday. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. For more information on any of the stories you heard about today, visit us at myheraldreview.com. Right now, you can become a member starting at just $1.99 per week. Want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. We asked, you answered. What is your motive for joining this forum? Neighbor Wayne said, I like the fact it's monitored and has real journalism input. The primary reason is that respectful communication is mandatory and we have it. It's hometown content. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. Mm -hmm.